My boss punishes me for being two minutes late, so I charge him for every time I was early. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. I've worked at many retail chains and have had many terrible bosses. Here's one story I think I can give up without any repercussions. At a small specific retail store about five or six years ago at this point, I was confronted by my old boss on a specific event that I was late by two minutes. The previous day, he had asked me to come in on my day off and at an earlier time than I normally do. I agreed to come in on my day off and work a shift I'm not normally used to, but it's retail. It can't be that difficult. My boss asked me to work 7am to 4pm, and I showed up at 7.02am, which in my state, there's a 5 minute window for everyone, and this was 100% not a habit of mine at all. I'm normally one to show up 5 minutes early every day and wait aside the time clock. I clocked in and walked to my department with a drink I'd already purchased the previous day. As I walked into the department, the manager greeted me, then said, When I schedule you at 7 a.m., I expect you to be in department by 7 a.m., not a minute later. We can't pay you to clock on, buy something, and then start working. Over the course of a year, that adds up to hundreds of dollars of lost labor for one individual. I told my old boss that my drink was from the previous day and that I just clocked in on two minutes late. My old boss replied with, That's not my problem. You need a better plan. You were scheduled at 7 and we're not losing cost of labor each minute you're not here. Be in department at scheduled time. Which is not true. I spoke regularly with a payroll employee and she explained to me quite some time prior that the company does not pay you 3 minutes before or after your scheduled time. So if you clock on at 7am, you're not getting paid until 7.03. If you clock on at 6.57, you're not getting paid until 7am. Same for when you return from lunch. However, if you clock on at 7.04 after that three-minute window, you begin getting paid immediately that minute. My boss was right. I needed to plan better. I asked for a printout of my timestamps going as far back as they had record of, and I tallied up each day that I had arrived three minutes early and did not get paid for it. I counted well over 330 minutes within a three-month span that I was not getting paid for, which ended up being a little over $110. I gave my old boss a copy and said, You can pay me for these dates where I was in department on the dot without getting paid for it. My old boss then replied, That's not how our company works. He then went into detail to explain to me exactly what I had already known and had given him a copy of. Yet my old boss is now recognizing that he's contradicting himself and willingly lied to me. When everything clicked in his head that he's contradicted himself, it was far too obvious because his face went bright red and he started smiling. In my opinion, like he'd been caught. Well, you know the policy. We can't pay you for that. Then I'll begin my shift when I'm getting paid. Not the minute you scheduled me. It's not like you're losing labor if you're not even paying the employees that window of time. Schedule me at 7 if you like, but I'll not be clocking in until 4 minutes after the scheduled time. So you won't be losing any cost of labor for it. And I won't be losing pay over your personal policy. For about 3 weeks, I clocked in 4 minutes late every day no matter how early I arrived. I eventually got a warning from the building's HR that that's riding the line and very close to getting a write-up and down the discipline road. I explained to her the entire story, as she seemingly didn't like this manager of mine either. She laughed pretty hard at the whole thing and offered me a department transfer with a higher pay. She reminded me that my behavior was listed under a category that could get me terminated and thought the transfer would be a fresh start. 
Instead, I put in my two weeks notice and thanked her for the wonderful opportunity. The funniest part of all this is years later, I saw my old manager working at a new chain in a similar position to what he was doing when I worked for him. He smiled and waved, I smiled and waved, and continued on. As time went on, I also bumped into the old HR manager who was working in an entirely different field. I asked her why my old boss left that company. She laughed and said, he didn't leave, we fired him for time theft. Apparently, my old boss would take a lunch, leave the building, and never clock out for it. Can you believe this, jerk? This is something I've never agreed with. The company's always looking to take care of itself and doesn't recognize that it goes the other way as well. This manager is trying to shark minutes off of our poster, but doesn't understand that they've been sharking minutes off of them for the entire employment. Now, not only is this a problem with the manager in question, but apparently even HR is saying that they're riding the line and that this behavior could lead to termination. And that's just ridiculous to me. You guys need to go both ways. If you're not going to pay the employee for their time, you can't get mad at them for not wanting to work. You're literally asking them to work for free. As the manager stated, all those few minutes add up at the end of a year. But yeah, you best believe that when it starts going the other way, oh, all of a sudden the company's taking very close watch. It's just one of those things that really annoys me. Make sure you're looking out for yourself out in the workforce, folks. My ex-girlfriend refused to pay for the GPS that she lost, so I made her pay for something else. I recently broke up with my girlfriend. Before we split, she borrowed my mom's GPS to help her move across the country for school. Well, it's been a few months since our breakup, and I asked her twice to send the GPS back and tell me the tracking number. Nothing showed up at my doorstep. I know, I should have gotten the GPS back before we broke up. I messed up. Today, I reached out and asked about the status of it. Her reply, she lost it. Now, I'm unsure whether she's genuinely misplaced it. She could be absent-minded at times. Threw it away out of revenge. She could be spiteful or is just keeping it. Honestly, after the next exchange, I couldn't care less what the reality was. Well, can you send me some money to replace it? (laughs) No. Okay. Originally, I had planned to let this go. However, I remembered something. One of her favorite games was paid for and linked with my origin account. Five minutes later, password was changed. The security settings were already set up to send a code to my phone, and all of her devices weren't listed as trusted. Have fun buying and restarting everything on that game you love, jerk. This one honestly feels like an equal tit for tat. It really is a jerk move of the ex to just hang on to it and not offer to pay for it, but we don't know what went on with the breakup. Maybe there's a little bit of bad blood here. Either way, my recommendation is to typically try and resolve something like this peacefully because both of you have the potential to really screw with each other. And I don't think anyone wants to deal with that when you guys have already broken up. Just sort your stuff out and move on. You want to do things by the book? Okay, but you're not going to like it. I work as a freelance artist doing advertisement, ticket, and program booklet designs for various police and firefighter events that want to give to children's charities. It's not consistent work, but it pays pretty well for what it is. The people I work with directly are a promotions company that was created to sell the advertisement space and tickets. I've been working for them for a long time. Throughout COVID, these people were essentially my only source of income so I had to put up with their BS. Mostly having to put up with hearing the check is in the mail for two or three months before it actually arrives. I convinced the owner of the company to download PayPal so I could be paid in a reasonable time. 
He was confused on how to use it, so I told him about Cash App. I was paid through Cash App only once before he said, I just want to keep doing this by the book. These websites you're sending me to look scammy. And because I don't work for him, I work for the unions and they're the ones cutting the checks. I asked him if he really wants to do that. Of course he said yes. If you say so, my friend. He's becoming quite upset with me since he realized doing it by the book actually gives me all of the leverage. From that point forward, I had begun putting my logo watermark on every single thing I send him. The first time he experienced this was with show tickets. He asked me to remove the watermark and send it to the printers. He was satisfied with the work. I told him the watermark will come off when there's money in my account. He told me that he can't start making sales unless he has the tickets to sell. Thus, he doesn't have the money to pay me. Oh man, that sucks. Better figure out how to pay me electronically then. Here's my Bitcoin and Ethereum wallets, PayPal and Cash App info, as well as info for direct deposit. He insisted he couldn't pay me before he has the tickets, so he agreed to a 50% price increase for me to release the files to him without pay, and with my company's logo on them. I actually got paid for that today. The second time was with a show poster. The same instance occurred, only this time I was told I'd have to talk to the fraternal order of police about being paid. Since I work for them, they were very confused when I called them. And an hour later, I got an angry phone call and was paid via direct deposit from the promoter's business account, not the FOP's account. This morning was pretty interesting. He called me up while meeting with the police association to talk about cutting me a check for the last show that happened yesterday. On this call, I was asked about bank transfers, asked how to make a Bitcoin wallet, all that good stuff. But the promoter asked why my invoice stated that I'm no longer accepting checks as a form of payment. Are you sure you want me to answer that in this meeting? I asked him. He said yes. So I told him while he was on speakerphone with his boss, because you don't pay me for months when we do checks. I only accept online or bank transfers. There was a little bit of back and forth between him and the guy from the police association. It didn't sound like Mr. Promoter was having a good time. I was told I would get a call back about payment. Well, I received that call from the police association, not the promotion agency. I've been paid via PayPal and apologized to profusely. When I got the call from the promoter afterward, he had a very upset tone. He asked me why I'm doing all this. Well, sir, you told me you wanted it done by the book, right? This is by the book. We didn't do it by the book before because I've worked for you for years and your son is my best friend. So this is how it will be from now on. We'll see how it turns out. I'm confident I won't be losing any work since the police associations, firefighters, and other organizations have repeatedly told me how great my work looks and how I often work at half the price of other freelancers. I don't know if I can say the same about the jerk promoter, though. Remember before when I told you to look out for yourself in the workforce? That's exactly what our original poster did here. And good for them. It seems like employers will take any opportunity they can to get some hard work for free or at least put off paying as long as possible. Our poster handled this exactly the way they needed to, and are well within their rights to do so. Always be aware of your rights, guys, because the company is certainly aware of theirs, and they don't hesitate to try and bend the rules to get their way. Make sure you're not being taken advantage of. Okay, I'll take off my tinfoil hat now. Since you won't pay for my coffee, how about a hotel room three-course meal and breakfast? I used to work for a company in the UK, based in London, but with regular travel all around the country. We had very long hours and were required to be on site when work began at 7.30am, but you could be hundreds of miles away. You were allowed to stay away, 
but you had to get approval from a senior manager, usually only agreed to through gritted teeth because of the difficult expenses policy and the wrath of the senior manager who approved the expenses. More on this guy soon. I used to get up early and commute all around the country, often doing two to three hours in the car at a time. Most often, I'd stop to fuel the car or just have a break, usually grabbing some breakfast and a coffee because I was often leaving the house before it was palatable to eat breakfast. I was young and conscientious, so I would buy my own breakfast, but buy a coffee separately and keep the receipt for expenses, usually a five-pound breakfast and a three-pound coffee. Our expenses policy allowed me to put the whole lot on expenses, but like I said, I was conscientious. Anyways, after months of this, I submit my expense claim. My immediate manager approves it without batting an eyelid as he can see the address on the receipts and the timestamps. So once the manager has approved it, the expenses would go to one senior manager to approve for maybe two to 300 claims a week. Major trust issues and seriously backwards. One morning, early at head office, the senior manager comes into my office and tells me to follow him. I follow him to his office and he explains to me that the company isn't there to buy you coffees. Long story short, I'm told to stop playing fast and loose with the expense policy, I wasn't, and follow the rules. So, I decided to do just that. Speaking with HR, they had a policy about work-related driving and EU working time directive which meant that all early starts and late finishes had to stop immediately because it was breaching policy and the law. So the next time I had to be on site for 7.30 and was 2-3 to three hours away, I stayed at a hotel the night before. Three course meal and breakfast all in line with the expense policy and work time policies. This continued for about a month because you can only submit expenses for payment in the last week before payday. My expenses went from £100 a month to £1,000 a month. Expenses submitted, manager approved, sent to senior manager. I get a phone call to come to HQ the next day for a talk with the senior manager in HR. The following day, I attend, get an absolute roasting, What the heck did I say? Who do you think you are? And when I finally could get a word in, I explained how I was traveling in line with company policy, health and safety regulation, while also complying with the expense policy to the letter. HR confirmed. Nothing he could do. Needless to say, the policy was changed some months later. I felt much better, because I was well-rested, fed, and working the hours I was being paid for. Next time, just pay for my coffee, jerk. Ugh, I said I was going to take off the tinfoil hat. But here we are again with another company taking advantage of an employee. A two to three hour trip every day, always to a new location, is kind of excessive. I feel like the least you can do is pay for the person's coffee. It's a really small price you're paying compared to what they're doing for you. But the manager got petty and wanted to try and save a buck, and look what happened. One by one, they'll learn their lesson, folks. I straight up told my sister she's going to lose her daughter if she doesn't let this grudge go. My sister Viv has a daughter named Serenity. We'll call her Sarah. So when Sarah was seven, her dad passed away. Her dad walked out the door to work that morning and got in an accident which cost him and two others their lives. Viv was understandably shell-shocked. She and Sarah's dad were high school sweethearts who had Sarah the year after they finished college. Sarah and her dad were as close as could be and his loss rocked her. About a year later, Viv met her current husband, Michael. A year after they started dating, they introduced Sarah and Michael's daughter, Mia, to each other. 
Sarah was nine at the time and asked her mom not to keep dating Michael and not to be Mia's stepmom. She told Viv that she wanted her to herself and didn't want to be second choice to her. Viv, instead of showing concern that Sarah would feel that way, or even ask some questions about where that was coming from, called her selfish and told her she was a child who had no idea how the world worked and would not get to be selfish by denying another kid a mom. She also told her Michael was looking forward to being her stepdad and that she'd be better off having another dad and a sister for the first time. I remember at the time telling Viv that she had felt the very same way when our dad married our stepmom and we didn't even lose our mom to death. She just left our lives. Viv was especially angry that our stepmom had two kids of her own and didn't want to do anything with them. She said that she was a selfish little witch back then too and realizes now they were the best thing to happen to us. Sarah is now 16 and she's in high school. Mia is 15 and also in high school. The girls are not close. I think both of them still see themselves as only children, and they're not claiming each other from what I know. Viv has held on to what Sarah said as a 9-year-old girl who lost her dad and was scared to lose her mom, and because she and Mia aren't close, she brings it up to her constantly and accuses her of trying to get in her way by not embracing Mia. Michael, I've come to realize, just wanted someone to raise his daughter, and is not really involved all that deeply in anything related to his marriage to Viv or being a parent to either girl, even Mia. Sarah told me, my husband and my mother-in-law, who acts as grandma to her, that she feels like her mom hates her, and that she wishes she could just move out. She told me she can see now that Mia is more important to her, and that unless she loves Mia and adopts her as a real sister, she'll never have her mom back. She also told me she wishes she had never said anything to Viv and how much it makes her wish her dad was still around. Viv didn't like how much time Sarah was spending with us, confronted me, and I told her she'd lose her daughter if she doesn't get over this grudge and accept that her child just wanted to experience less change after such a big loss. Viv said I was ruining her family. She also called me a witch. So am I the jerk here? Oh, I feel so bad for this girl. It's not fair at all to hold your daughter accountable for something that she said when she was very emotional as a nine-year-old kid. That just seems crazy to me that you wouldn't be able to understand where she was coming from in that moment. Perhaps she's taking her own life experience a little too hard and trying to force this on her daughter thinking that she knows best because of what she went through. And, I mean, that's nice and all, but she was a nine-year-old girl who had just lost her father. It's a perfectly natural feeling. I'd like to meet the nine-year-old that could take this situation with all the grace that she expected her daughter to have. It's just not a fair expectation. And I don't think our original poster is in the wrong at all for pointing it out to the mother. I feel like, after all this time, mom just maybe isn't willing to admit her mistake? That or her viewpoint is just very skewed on the issue. But to accuse our original poster of trying to ruin her family by taking the time to speak with her daughter and try and understand how she's feeling is not being fair to her at all. That accusation is completely the opposite of what our poster is trying to do here. She's trying to give your daughter an outlet and a place to express her emotions. And maybe she can take this all in and then come to you and try and help find a solution for you two. Mom really needs to just come down off her high horse and start trying to understand where her daughter is coming from and how she's feeling. This relationship is absolutely still salvageable. She just needs to put a little understanding into it.
When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.